this is coffee number five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. It's all about you and I want you to succeed. Download today my exclusive insider's guide to generating business relationships that last and turns into sales. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to coffee number five. Remember when I told you a long, long time ago that I almost didn't do this podcast? I was afraid. I mean, radio was my first love, but also my I, when I started talking with my friends and I told them, I really want to do a podcast. I think I want to do this. I think I want to meet incredible people. Everyone told me, are you sure you want to do that? Why people would listen to you? Um, why uh, you have an accent? I don't think you should do it. And it was tough. I, honestly, I, I think even I cry a little. Uh, and I was flirting with this idea and I really want to do it. And I realized that, you know what, let's just do it. What do I have to lose? I mean, it, it was my life, not theirs. And I'm so glad I did because this journey brought me to meet incredible people in, and also incredible women that they did the same. And today I want to, I brought actually, I invited Jenny Goldfarb. Did I say it right? Yep, totally okay. right. Okay, and also we found out that we're neighbors, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And but she has an incredible story. She's a mother of three, which is the most important thing in the world, I'm sure. But also, she came up with an idea. Did also people tell you that you were crazy because your idea was a lot more out there than me doing a little podcast? Crazy. I tried to bring a create like a new line of food that didn't even really exist. And, I know, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And so. You came up with this idea and what did you bring it up to your husband? How, how was your first step? Yeah. What did you do? So uh, I was cooking vegan for quite a while because I saw so many of the benefits firsthand, um, health, animals, the planet. I mean, it's like so overwhelmingly clear that if you can make it delicious, it's an optimal way to eat. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was working for like two or three years at that point really exploring different kinds of plant-based cookbooks. And I was making all sorts of different, sometimes good, sometimes quite bad meals along the way. And at a certain point, I realized that I couldn't find a good deli meat. I uh, couldn't get buy myself a good deli sandwich to save my life in the vegan or plant-based or vegetarian space. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I made a corned beef pastrami hybrid in my home kitchen that I thought was only going to be for my friends and family. Uh huh. And then it was actually some of those friends and family that tasted it and said, this is so good. This is a business. And I tried to say to them, I'm a mom. I don't know anything about the food business. Like, that's not happening. I just made this delicious thing and enjoy it. Like, end of story. But <laughs> they pushed me hard enough and long enough that I said, maybe I could rent a tiny commercial kitchen and make it and actually sell it somewhere. And if I could sell it to a few places, maybe that would be a template that I could then sell it to a lot more places. And so uh, I took on this amazing feat. I actually had two little ones at the time and I was pregnant with my third. Mm -hmm. And I rented this tiny commercial kitchen for $25 an hour, about a half hour from where I lived. So I dropped my two kids off at school. I'd pick up all the ingredients at my local regular grocery store. And I'd take my Vitamix and all these ingredients out to this town a half hour away where I'd cook 
and then I'd wash all the dishes. And then in the days I wasn't doing that, I would drive around Los Angeles to try and sell it to the big iconic delis. Cause I figured that if I could get good volume at just these local individual delis, these guys know corned beef better than anyone. I could probably sell it anywhere. And that's kind yeah. of what happens. <laughs> yeah, but also you had an incredible journey. You went to a TV show. Yeah, so uh, so after I was making it um, yes. for quite a while on my own, got it into all the local delis, and then uh, we got Whole Foods to take on a pre-made sandwich with our meats. That's, of course, because I emailed them 600 times, and they finally responded and said, okay, we'll bring it in. Um, not to, you know, overlook how hard the work is until you yeah. get the deal. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But Okay. I mean, but anyway, that's what happened. And then after I had Whole Foods in the delis, I got myself a co-packer to actually cook it for me, and I applied for Shark Tank. Yeah. And I wound up pretty quickly getting it through the casting director, through the producers to actually get like a tape day. And I brought my meats and my husband was in the, on the Sony lot making sandwiches for the sharks. And I was out there, you know, on the stage by myself, uh, feeding all the sharks my sandwiches. And I was trying to get $100,000 for 10% of the business. And I wound up making a kind of unprecedented deal with Mark Cuban for 250,000 for 20% of the business. Wow. More than, more than double the cash I was asking for. And it was an extraordinary experience. But we came off of that and reality set in because at the time we were only selling to restaurants and COVID hit. It was the very beginning of 2020. Wow. And when COVID hit, we had to mad scramble to pivot into retail to be able to keep the business afloat and meet the customer where they were. So there were a lot of challenges along the way, as you can imagine, and still day to day. But uh, I'm learning on the job. We're growing our team. There are 10 of us now full-time on the team. Uh, we have a big food manufacturer. We have, uh, you know, we're now in about 3,000 stores as of today with many more to come. I just had a meeting with Walmart a couple of weeks ago. And my husband will oftentimes say, like, how was that? Was it hard for you? And I'll regularly tell him the hardest thing was selling that first deli in Studio City, California, Arts Deli having the guts to cold call them and say, can I bring you a sandwich? And then sitting down with that deli owner and making the pitch. So I always give like credit back to like, how did I even get the backbone to do any of this? Like the rest of the deals, they're easy. I, I know, ours, right? Uh, know, this, yeah. is, this is the thing. I mean, I just want to say, that, I mean, amazing that you got Shark Tank, but at the same time, you started this. This was your baby. Yeah. And of course, having that infusion of cash, is wonderful, but- sure. um, and the knowledge that comes to work with Mark Cuban, I'm sure, sure yeah. and the support. But yeah. um, but how did you, I mean, how did you know that, okay, I need to get a commercial kitchen to do this? How did right, I mean, because right. also starting the food business is super tricky. You have yeah. so many, it goes inside so your body. Yeah. So, so uh, I knew nothing. I didn't know what does it have to get FDA regulated? How do they know I'm not putting bad stuff in? I mean, like I had to learn everything on the job. And fortunately, I met people along the way that saw my passion and enthusiasm and willingness to learn, maybe make a mistake, but really like be a go-getter. And people taught me and I had a lot of great mentorship. And in fact, even when I rented that first tiny kitchen, the woman who owned the kitchen like was a great resource to me. Like you never know who you're going to meet once you start like digging in and, yeah. and playing in that sandbox and like getting messy with it. So uh 
So yeah, I um, I mean, I'm still learning on the job, you know, like now I'm dealing with things on like a di national distribution level and I'm learning the inner workings of all that. But, but yeah, at the time it was perfect selling to the local delis because they didn't have the kind of food safety standards. Like I remember when I delivered to my first deli at that arts deli, that first order, I actually brought it in a suitcase because I didn't have the right kind of cooler with wheels. So I put it on a suitcase and the deli owner goes, you going on a trip? And I was like, no, I just, he goes, please don't bring it in there again. I had no problem, you know, learning everything on the job. So uh, anyway. <laughs> that's so funny. How your life changed since then? So uh, look, I, I mean, I went from being like, not really a full stay at home mom, always having like my own little side hustle. Like I was buying and selling jewelry on the, on the side to pay for my kids preschool. Like I always had a little something happening, but I was mostly driving my kids to and from school and like taking care of the house. And so my life has done like a 180 in that sense. My husband who works his own full-time job, fortunately now it's home-based since COVID. He now drives the kids to school, picks them up every day. Uh, you know, uh, it's, 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 that's how like the home life has changed. And then as far as my work life, like I just have this overwhelming feeling like I get to wake up every day and like live my like my dream. In fact, uh, I have a girlfriend who has a podcast. Her name is Kathy Heller, another wonderful show. And she says yeah. on, she has said on her show uh, that there were so many different jobs she had that weren't her dream. It was like the biz company's dream or the guy she works for his dream. But like what really was going to be her dream in this world? And so so too for me, I like that jewelry thing, that wasn't my dream. I helped my dad with one of his businesses when I was in my 20s, that wasn't my dream. So to know that I get to wake up and like live my dream in the world feels like the greatest blessing ever, feels like I'm not even doing any work. And it's like how milestones just happen like on the way, basically, you know? Yeah, so I, I always say that to get your own dream, you need to help other people's dreams first. 100%. You learn so much from that. And also it's like good karma. It's like you put that good I am idea. so with you, Laura. You've so got the key to success. So, you know, in, in Torah, there's an idea of giving 10%. Well, we, we, we come from the same place. Of course. But then, yeah. but then I, I definitely believe that 10% of our time, give it away. You, yes. You don't even, you're not thinking, oh, how's this person going to, no, 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 no. You're just sharing. You're just giving it away, whatever it is. So it, time, energy, you know, yeah. like doing good interviews, like do, being able to talk. I, with, you know, my my husband always tells me, you're the connector. You don't, you always, like, you know what those people say, I don't mix or I don't give advice or I don't help because I don't want to mix. I was always the opposite. Like anyone needs, oh, should I connect you? No problem. And my husband was like, why you always this? You're not, you always get in trouble. Also, if it doesn't work. And I was like, because you have to give. Totally. It's so important to give and because it comes back to you. It's yep. the same about yep. many people complain that they don't get things, but because you're not, not asking for them. Totally. So I'll just give you one other thing. So the Zohar, speaking of like, we're coming yeah. from the same place. One of like the books of Jewish mysticism talks about how we all have this like what's called our left column, which is like the inclination to receive. Like we know that we have to get enough sleep, shower, eat enough food, take care of ourselves, right? Like that's going to happen no matter what. But what we don't physically feel is this is this what's called the right column, which is the sharing and loving and giving. And so if it's all left, if it's all receiving, 
you're out of balance and you don't have what's called this magical circuitry. So if we know we're going to receive, we don't have to concentrate on that. But if we concentrate, I say 10%, but you make it up as you go, the more the better. If we like work this muscle of giving as part of like a regular thing in our lives, it creates this magical circuitry for all of it to flow. So uh, yeah, and I think that's part of her journey. I mean, and that's why we are grow. I mean, and I'm gonna go to a subject that lately is bothering me a lot, like this culture of wanting think, things fast. And, yeah. and the new generations, more and more, I see it. I have kids yeah. that are teenagers, sure. almost adult, and I see. And there was a study the other day that people think that they need to stay in one job three months. And three months in a job is not even enough for get trained to yeah, understand sure, their job. Sure. Right. So, I think that's part of maybe when people aren't living their dream. They're like, okay, do it for a quarter and then get out of there if that's not your dream, you know? So I think that there is some like a reckoning yeah. that people want like to know that there's like more substance here to these lives than to be like a cog in a wheel or sitting, you know, like we were just talking about, you know, where you're chained to the desk all day. People yeah. want to feel like they're really living their purpose and then you're not working a day but, in your life. But purpose doesn't come. And I mean, and you're the example, yeah. it doesn't come in two days. No, you, no. You need to try, you need That's to make right. mistakes. That's you, right. You need to, to, right. to have that experience. I mean, if I wouldn't right. fail so many things in my yep. life, I Me wouldn't too. know what I, I wanted. Me too. You know, I had, before I started this business, I had a food blog because I was very passionate about having gone vegan because I saw not only was it, I, I got into it because of the animals. I saw these videos that just broke my heart. But then after I started eating this way, my skin got better, my kids got less sick. I saw all these incredible benefits. So I wanted to share that with the world. So I made this vegan food blog. And I also, I, there was all this passion, all this love, but there are a million other food blogs out, vegan, vegan food blogs even out there. So it didn't do like anything great. I would make these big videos. We would get like 10 likes or so. I'd be like, I'm not yeah. making, spending hours to get a few thumbs up. I'm not even making any money off of this. So it was like a real failing, but I, I credit that for like, had I not been busy in those cookbooks, or, you know, trying to come up with my own recipes, getting yeah. it out there, I never would have found this little corridor that led to this Unreal Deli thing that came to yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, it happened to me also, you have to know when you say enough is enough, I tried it and work. Like, totally. uh, I had this podcast and I had another podcast in Spanish. It became Amazing. too much. Yeah. I just could not handle Thank it. You. Good for and, you. And I, th I realized at some point that Spanish wasn't my first language anymore. I work 100% in English. My knowledge is in English. Like even I was having hard time talking about business in Spanish. Yeah. And the only Spanish that I could connect was US Hispanic because the rest of the Hispanic world was so different. Wow. So I said, I said, you know what? I need to stop this. And, and I learn. I learn a lot from it. Wonderful. I'm happy uh, to hear that. Yeah, you got to know those boundaries, you know, and know when you're pushing yourself too much and where to focus that energy. But it all comes with time and with failure and with, you know, just pressing at it. So and you need to celebrate the failures too, because sure. there's a lesson there. Sure, sure. Uh, so let me ask you a question. Let's go back to okay. your corned beef. Yeah. Uh, did you have to change the recipe over time? 
Yeah, over time, we definitely had to change the recipe. Uh, once you start scaling up and you're using different kinds of ingredients coming in like mass form, not from the local grocery store anymore. Uh, yeah, you have to change ingredients. Now, it was very important to us because when I first made this meat, uh, I was doing it using whole vegetables. Like I would literally put beets into my Vitamix and get it into like a, a vegetable smoothie. And then we would pair that with protein rich grains and spices. So we still do all of that, but there are a number of ingredients. Like for instance, we were using sherry wine vinegar, a sherry wine. And then uh, we found that like, it's very expensive. We wanted the meat to be kosher and it would have to be very specific if it was kosher. And so we wound up finding that you could use apple cider vinegar instead of sherry wine and big savings just from that alone. So a number of things like that over the years, totally. So if, Today, you need to start again your business. Yeah. Knowing what you know today. Yeah. What would you do first that you didn't do? Hmm, interesting. You know, I, I really have this overwhelming feeling when I think back at it. Like I was so guided by, you know, if you want to call it God or the universe or whatever, that there was like something bigger at play because truly everything I really do feel like happened at its proper time. I mean, sure, there are like mistakes that I made that I would love to avoid, but I think back of those earliest days, like when I was cooking it myself, I would make 12 of these loaves, you could say. And there were always enough orders for the 12, but there were never too many orders. Like, like the universe has your back. You go in and like make this endeavor. Yeah, were there mistakes? Are there things I could have correct? Sure, but like in general, I went, in it, went into it with an open heart and willingness to work and roll my sleeves up and really show, put love into it. And so too, you know, uh, God meets you there and, and, and helps you grow that and not get overwhelmed and, 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 and helps it all flow, really. Yeah, I, I truly believe that. But it's also about uh, creating, building relationships because knowing oh, you, I'm sure that you're building your relationship with, you build relationship. that relationship with that Dali first. And then- exactly. now I'm so friendly with him. Yeah, um, and caring about, you know, even like the assistants or the secretaries or the lady who answers the phone at the deli, like showing everyone like respect and some kindness, like it goes so far, you don't even realize. So, uh, yes. Something, something, for example, I learned from having kids that your best friend is not the, the principal at the school, it's yeah. the office ladies. Mm, yeah, good call, totally. So I, I will that. make myself a note that once a year, I will come up with bagels or something right. to the office. So smart. So, so they know me by name. Right. And the day, not, it didn't happen much, but the day that you need something, you can pick totally. up the phone and they will totally. know who you are. Very smart. And it, it's the same relationship that you need to have with your vendors. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So I love having a food business in general because it allows you to so easily, you know, send a care package, tell so, you know, because even someone who has like the biggest company and the most success, everyone still has a curious palate to try something delicious. And so uh, I, I actually had some other sales jobs earlier in my career. And even for those, one of them was in music, for instance, I would literally ship like a box of homemade cookies to like the ad executive that I wanted to hear my songs, even though I wasn't selling cookies, I was selling music. But the point is that to have a little food item to help you open the door is very wise. I, well, always you see the mad reps always coming, coming with their Starbucks for the office. Right, 
right. There, there exactly. is something in the food and that connection. Yeah. I mean, totally. well, as Jewish women, we know this, that in every celebration we eat. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jenny, thank you so much for having so much fun. I'm so proud of you and so excited for what you're building here. I'm proud of you. I mean, you you're thank on your you. journey, but thank Six you so much. One. Okay, I will see you guys next week with awesome. more coffee number five. Find everything you need at larashmoisman.com or in the episode notes right below. Don't forget to subscribe. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.